Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case File 25, David Harris. Welcome back! I'm Brittany. And I'm Carrie. And And we are Lone Star 187. Okay, sister, where are we going this week? This week we're going down south. Uh Uh-oh. South Texas. All right, all right, all right. South of our borders. No, we can't do that. South, South Texas. All right. We're going to Houston, Texas in Harris County, which, I don't know if you know this, but it takes up one sixth of the state's population. More than three million people live in Harris County. Wow. I did not know it was that many people. Right. And Houston, Texas, Harris County is 1,800 square miles. That is the size of the state of Delaware. One city in our state is the size of of another state somewhere else. Correct. That's crazy. Yep. We're big. We're big, big, big. So we're going to go back in time to Wednesday, July 24th of 2002. And what is it? It's summer. Oh my God. Of course it is. Why else would we be having this story if it weren't summer? It's about nine o'clock in the evening and there are two men playing tennis at the Nassau Bay Hilton Inn when they hear a car. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Did you say that the they're playing tennis at a hotel? I How did. many hotels have you ever been to that have tennis courts? They have pools and little tiny gyms. But not tennis courts. What the hell? Is this a country club or a hotel? It's a regular Hilton Inn. Okay, that's crazy. I've never seen that, but whatever. It's Houston, so... We usually say Hampton Inn. Yeah. We are not that classy, I guess. We We ain't that bougie. (laughs) We get those Hilton honors. That's (laughs) where we go. H-H. Yeah. These two guys, they're playing tennis, and they start to hear a car engine, and then they hear tires squealing, so it grabs their attention. And as they look out... From the tennis courts, they see a silver Mercedes-Benz heading towards a parked Lincoln Navigator. And as it's going towards it, it gra- the Mercedes grazes a hotel employee okay. who's walking in the parking lot. Oh, so this, per- this car almost hits the, the worker. Okay. Right. They get away unscathed. Shit, okay. that's scary. And, but they're barreling towards this Lincoln Navigator. And as they get there, they just ram into the side of this Lincoln Navigator. And there's a man... Helping a woman into this SUV. Into the Navigator that was smashed by the... Correct. Mercedes. So, but right before the Mercedes plowed into the man, he looked up to see the car coming, and as the Mercedes hit the Navigator, the man flew onto the pavement. Oh, no. So, can you imagine? Like, he saw that coming, and he couldn't react I wonder if he shit his pants. My bad. Can you imagine, like, it's, like, 102 degrees about 9 o'clock on a July night? And then, not to mention, like, the road rash and everything else. Poor guy. Anyway. So you see a teenage girl screaming, trying to escape the Mercedes. She opens the door from the passenger side, and she is trying to get out. She has her legs out, and she's trying everything she can to get out. Wow, okay. But as she's doing that, the Mercedes revs it. In reverse, goes all the way back. And there was like a round, grassy median. So you know how in the front of some hotels, 
or they have like a circle yep. drive where you can pull in and so that you can yeah check in without having to unload your shit right so away. on the other side of that was like a, a u-shaped parking lot that kind of went with mm-hmm. that well behind those cars was like a little odd shaped median so that's where she was so she this the driver of this mercedes backs up onto the grassy median and then guns it again over the guy okay so this isn't a mistake or having a seizure driving and losing control or maybe a drunk driver this is, I know what the hell I'm doing. I'm going to back it up and hit this car again. Yep. Okay. And so she hits him. Then she backs up again. And as she backs up, he's kind of under the car. Then she runs over him and then she starts making like aggressive circles around and around the median. Sometimes hitting him, sometimes not. Oh, no. And he's just laying, he's just laying there. So finally she stopped. The Mercedes stopped right in front of the body. And the teenage girl gets out of the Mercedes screaming, my dad, my dad, you killed my dad. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So she goes over and to the And she man. wasn't the one that was driving. She was the one that was trying to get out. And, and Right. Okay. She's the passenger. So, so this is his daughter then, yes. obviously. Can you imagine? I like can't. being in this car and there's nothing you can do. You're a teenager and there's this person driving and they're killing your dad and there's nothing you can do. Well, so clearly she had no idea what was about to happen. Right. When she got in the car with whomever this is that's driving. Right. So the the driver gets out. She's a very attractive, well-dressed, middle-aged woman. And she stood by the car for a minute, acting as if she had no idea what was happening. And then she went over to the man who was just a pile of body at that mm-hmm. point. And a widening pool of blood. And she knelt beside him. And he was bleeding from his nose and his mouth, choking on his own blood. Very hard for him to breathe. <sighs> And the woman was saying, oh, David, oh, David, oh, my God, what have I done? While kneeling in his blood, she screamed, are you okay? Please don't leave me. No, bitch, I'm not okay. No, You ran left... over me with your damn car. My foot is in my ear. I'm not good. Oh, my God. I'm not good. This is not a good situation. So clearly she knows him, right? Mm-hmm. And so the woman felt his chest and neck trying to find a pulse. And um, she couldn't, so she was screaming for help. And then she yelled and said, David, look what you made me do. Oh, so, well, we don't know what situation. It is a hotel. What about the people that might actually be trying to check in or think about the people that might be trying to leave the hotel? Can you imagine walking into something like that? We would be... (laughs) What the hell's going on? Who is she? You get on that side, I'll get on this side. (laughs) Get your phone. Get your phone. Take pictures, take pictures. Record, record, record. So a bystander comes over. Oh, wait. A what? Did you say bystander? No D. <laughs> I ain't got no D. So it's right. just a bystander. I got no D either, girl. <laughs> bystander. Sander. <laughs> bystander. Bystander. Comes over and tries to attempt CPR, but his jaw was broken and she was unable to perform mouth to mouth. No, bitch. I'm not okay. My jaw is broken. And when he can't tell her that. <laughs> no. So she attempted to open his mouth another way and stick her fingers in his mouth to see if she could try and like swoop so blood out breathe. and teeth were falling out and oh, pieces no. of teeth. Oh. And then she noticed his right ear was mangled and about to fall off. So she had come from either a pool or somewhere and she had a towel with her. So she put um, the towel next to his head to try and stop the bleeding as much as she could and soak up some of the blood. But she could feel like there's no way I'm going to save him. So she held his hand and she reassured him. Help was on the way and to just keep breathing and stay strong. And the teenage girl that was sitting there 
she could tell, obviously, this was her dad, so she wanted to give a reassurance, mm-hmm. and she's like, so the by- the bystander asked um, the dog, I can't help it, it's bystander to me, I don't know. Okay. So she asked the teenager, do you know who did this? Like, do you know why anybody would want to do this? The girl, her name's Lindsay, she said, um, my mom. I mean, oh. my stepmom. Oh, okay, but still. And the woman who was standing there was like, oh, it, it was the an accident. Mom. Yes. It was an accident. It was an accident. Lindsay's like, no, it wasn't. No. You, you backed to, up. You meant to And you it. kept going. That's not an accident. And the man that was on the ground was David Harris, 44-year-old orthodontist. And the driver of the Mercedes was his wife, okay. Clara Harris, 44, also a dentist. Would you like to know who the woman was that he was helping into the navigator? Probably his mistress. His figure. He's having an affair. Why else would you be at a hotel if your wife isn't with you? Why, Why do you think, think you think to go to a hotel? Hotel, hotel everybody. Okay. Even the mayor. We digress. So not only was that his mistress, it was also his receptionist. And her name was Gail Bridges. No way. Mm-hmm. He's bopping the receptionist. A little bit more than bopping her. <laughs> He's giving her a whole oral exam. <laughs> no. no, you didn't. I did. So a little history. Mildred Harris who's David's mom, Okay, described David's marriage to Clara as a marriage made in heaven. You know, as they always say. Of course. And they got married in 1992. They met at church. They had a lot of the same beliefs. David had employees at a orthodontics office that he started called the Space Center Orthodontics. His employees said he was easy to like and love, and they were very fond of him. They admired him. Clara, his wife, was born in Bogota. As an only child, at six years old, her father died. She practiced dentistry in Columbia and then moved to the United States in the 80s and went to Washington University in St. Louis. There, she earned her degree in the dentistry field, was accepted in the graduate program for dentist at UT Health Science in Houston. Badass. And she did her residency at Memorial Hermann Hospital, and that is where she met David. Okay. David was born to Gerald and Mildred Harris. He was the youngest of four kids. As dad was a high school principal at Perlin, Texas. I wonder where that is. He graduated from Perlin and studied dentistry at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Not to be confused with Bloomingdale's. No, different, different store, city. In September of 1990, he separated from his first wife. This is funny. Okay, so Clara was his second, second wife. wife. Is it Claire or Clara? Clara. Because okay. you know, Lindsay was his daughter, daughter. and that was her stepmom. Okay. So in 1990, he separated from his first wife and filed for divorce. And that divorce was finalized in July of 1991. Funny true fact, court records indicated a settlement for his ex-wife was to exchange the VCR for the love seat in David's possession prior to his relocation to Texas. He's like, bitch, you ain't taking taking my VCR. I got to watch my stories. I got to record my (laughs) shit. You can't be taking my VCR. You can have the love seat, but I need that VCR. I can sit on the floor. I got to make sure you break those tabs off so you don't record over that shit. Exactly. (laughs) So his ex-wife took custody of their daughter, Lindsay, and David agreed to carry a life insurance policy for no less than $50,000, listing Lindsay as a beneficiary in case something did happen. Okay. He saw her in the summer and Christmas vacations, and he continued school here in Texas, earning his master's at Houston Dental Branch at UT Health Science, which is where him and Clara met. David was raised in a very Christian family and attended Shady Crest Baptist Church in Perland. And then David and Clara 
were students and then began working at Castle Dental, Castle Dental Center in Houston. They dated a little less than a year before getting married on Valentine's Day oh, in 1992. That shit's already doomed. I mean, I don't really believe in Valentine's Day. I, I really feel like either. it's just a day. They're like when you love someone, you should show them every day, not yeah. just one day of the year. Yeah, I agree. And I don't really think people should tell me when I buy stuff for my loved one and when I don't. And why does this piece of chocolate in the shape of a heart mean more than the Easter it Bunny uh, chocolate or the skull in Halloween? I can feel just as loved on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Chocolate. Just give me chocolate. All day. Yeah. Right? So they hosted their wedding reception at, <clears throat> this may sound familiar, <laughs> Nassau Bay Hilton Inn. What? With tennis courts. <laughs> with tennis courts. New and improved. In 1993. So he's taking his mistress to the place where he married his wife. No, they didn't get married there. That's where they, they had their reception. reception. So it was a. That's a kick was, to the gut. I, I think you know? so. I mean, I'm, I get, I'm starting to see her anger already. It's one thing if you cheat on me. And it's another if you take the hoe. Take your hoe to her own hotel. Where not to ours. celebrated our love for one another. Yeah. You know? That's pretty shitty. I'm not saying run over him, but I can see that there's already or anger. not in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> so in 1993, Clara bought her own dental practice in Lake Jackson and lived in David's home that he had there. And then David got fired and Clara worked to support them while he started his own practice at the Space Center Orthodontics in a strip center in Clear Lake. Did it say <clears throat> why he got fired? It didn't. Hmm. Okay. And as always, we're so used to hearing, accounts of others say the couple was very happy. Of course they were. And they were just meant to be together. Accounts of others say the couple were very happy. They were always together. When they weren't working, they were together. They were happy. They worked well together, professional. And they started their own corporation because she was a pediatric dentist. And she would refer patients needing braces. Oh, that's to good. To him. And Clara was named as the majority owner at 51%, and he was at 49%. Because she was kind of the main referral source of mm-hmm. that hub, you know? Because, I mean, him being orthodontics, you she have to She was the be... hub of the organization. Correct. <laughs> so their business was booming very fast. By 2001, David's clinic was making thirty-five grand a month. A month? A month. Just his clinic. Just the orthodontics. Not hers. Not hers. Combined so they had her... a lot of cash. Yes. Combined with her income... They, were, they hit the millions really quick. So they had a home in Lake Livingston and in Colorado. Of course. Like, oh, darling, we need to go to our Colorado home. I'm a little bit parched. I need some snow in my life. I need some fresh mountain air. <laughs> Claire and David decided they wanted to have children of their own. You know, mm-hmm. they're making all this money. What's the next step in a marriage? You know, you, have, you get married, you establish a good financial base, and now yep. it's time to have kids. But she was having a really hard time getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. So they decided to seek fertility treatment, which they could clearly afford. Right. And um, in September of 1998, was blessed with their twin boys, Brian and Bradley Harris. Oh, so they had twins. Yes. And, you know, they had the best life. They had it all. They had a career, booming career. They had money. They had houses. They had kids. She has this stepdaughter. And they had a bilingual nanny to care for the boys. And so Claire's like, I'm living up. I'm going to buy me a Mercedes. Uh oh. So she went and bought herself a silver Mercedes Benz, $70,000. That she would later run over her husband in. Allegedly. Oh, my bad. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know what? I don't know the end of the story. So 
You know what? I'm projecting. (laughs) So you know the the hoe? Yes. Okay, so her name's Gail Bridges. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Oh, shit. So she came from a She was a blonde and had really big tits. Of course she did. Really? (laughs) I just guessed. Yeah, of course she did. We're Texas. And he's a millionaire, so that's what happens. Yeah. I'm sorry for all you blondes with big boobs that aren't like that. And just saying. Just fair warning. Facts are facts. To you non-blonde big boobed women, just watch your husbands around those That's people. right. Just got to be careful. Okay. So she had gone through a very nasty divorce with her husband, Stephen Bridges. And it was getting nastier by the day. Just really bad. Mm-hmm. They had three children. They were constantly fighting over them. And prior to her marriage, she had attempted to make herself prettier with her petite frame and extra big breast implants and blonde bleached hair. Hair. Okay. So initially in the marriage she was average, but in trying to save or, her marriage or normal or normal, excuse me. Thank you. In trying to fix her marriage or hope that her husband would want her more, she went and got breast implants or dyeing her hair. But they ended up getting divorced, so that wasn't yeah. the problem. No, that wasn't the problem. So maybe it wasn't what she thought he wanted. Maybe it's what she wanted, and she used him as an excuse. Very true. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? So Gail had a best friend named Julie Knight, whom she spent all her extra time with. And after, even after she had the breast implant surgery, her and Julie would go to their vacation home that they had in Colorado and stay a couple of days. Oh, so she and her, the, the mistress and her husband also had a place in Colorado? Correct. Oh, is that where they met? No. Okay. No. All right. So she went and stayed they went and stayed a couple of days for her to recover, which kind of felt a bit weird. Recover but, uh, from her breast, breast implants? Yes. Mm-hmm. Without the husbands. It was just them two. They went and stayed. Okay. So in Girls 19, trip. I get it. In 1999, both of the husbands, the Ju- Julie Knight's husband and Gail Bridges' husband, they start suspecting that there's a lesbian affair. Oh, okay. Okay, then. So, in so June, maybe the fake tits were for the girlfriend. Girl, maybe. Maybe. Maybe the girlfriend paid for it. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just guessing. I don't know. In January of 99, Julie's husband, Julie Knight, her husband, hires a private investigator. And he confirms that they were having an affair. But here's so my question. So Julie's husband hired the private yes. investigator. Okay. Here's, here's my question. So how did he confirm it? Did he actually see? What do you think tipped the, the husbands off? Like, what do you think happened that they'd be like, you know... There would have to be some flirting or stuff in front of them. Because, like, you know, I hug Stephanie all the time. Mm -hmm. I call her Bay. That's her nickname. Yeah. And I talk about how beautiful she is. And Mm -hmm. I hug her. And I love on her. But what about about it made them think, like... Because I go on girls' trips all the time. Yeah. But I like me some men. I mean, all of my BBT girls can vouch for that. We don't know what happened to cause them to hire the investigator unless there are other people saying... Maybe. Maybe there was some flirtation going on Maybe. in front of them. It just it just dawned on me, like, what about what was the that, thing that friendship happened? that made them think, hmm, this is more than that, you know? So Chuck Gallus, which is Chuck. Chuck Norris? Ground Chuck. Oh. Chucky? Bride of Chucky. Shut up. Read bottom page 35. Okay, so I have an excerpt from the book that I read. The book that I read is called... Driven to Kill, the Clara Harris story. Oh my God, it's called Driven to Kill. (laughs) By best-selling author Cliff Leindecker. What a great name for a book. Gail's husband made it clear that he didn't think the girls' night out shopping trip was as innocent as it was cracked up to be. So whenever 
he went to the private investigator, this is what he said. Straight from the book. This is what he told the investigator. This is why I wanted to. Okay. I bet they will go to a hotel or they might just pull over on the side of a highway to do their business. Oh, to do their business. Gail has a boob job and my wife will not be able to wait to touch those puppies. To touch those puppies. Later, he would deny that he referred to her breasts as puppies. Of course he would. But that was what he said. To about touch those puppies. Verbatim, that's what he said. What an idiot. So they both filed for divorce. Gail and Julie filed for divorce in April of 99. Do we know the outcome of the private investigator? Just that they case they were hired and based on their evidence they were they did not have just a normal friendship a normal two girl friendship it was way too intimate and way too involved to just be friends okay well they filed for divorce not the husband so right okay right so fast forward a couple years to august of 2001 uh gail starts as a receptionist at space and orthodontics which is david working with david yes why didn't she work with claire Clara. She didn't, she didn't apply there. Hmm. So with David and Clara's business booming, Lindsay calls the stepdaughter and says, you know what? I think I want to go into dentistry too. Smart. I'm older. You guys have already, you know, done this. You can give me so much insight and I can take over. And when mm-hmm. you guys want to retire, I can just family business. Yeah, I just walk Why in not? and take it over. So even though they were busy, Clara always made it a point to be done at five and she would go home cook dinner, and tucked her boys into bed. Yeah. Sometimes she'd fall asleep with them in their room, and David would end up coming home and going to bed alone. So she didn't feel that because we have this career, I can't forget about my kids. Yeah, you know, I still and I have a, a mom. Na- I have a nanny, but I need to be, I need to be the yeah. ones to put them to bed. So David started to become very stressed and less himself, very easily angered. So with David getting all the cash together and, you know, making this business bigger, making this move, Claire decides, you know, I'm going to take a month off. I mean, why not? They've got plenty of I'm cash. I'm going to take a month on hiatus. She has twin boys. I have family in Columbia. She, he's stressed think. out. And I'm going to go see my family. Visit Columbia. They have, there's a family wedding. And there's a dental conference coming up. So I'll just knock them both out, go see my family, come back to work. Sounds good to me. Do it. Go. So David gets very upset about this. So he starts complaining to his friends that she's not attentive to him or even the boys like she used to be, that she's just kind of checked out. Did she go on this vacation by herself? Yes. Okay. But they have a nanny, so the nanny can help with the boys. Yes. Yes. So once this new receptionist arrives, Gail. Does she show up whenever Claire's in Columbia? She starts working. bitch! (laughs) There's one in every story, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So she starts working. Well, just so happy Claire is gone. So after she's there for a couple weeks. I wonder how she hears about this job. Maybe it's a job listing. Okay. Maybe. So all of a sudden, people at work are starting to see that there's something going on between David and Gail. Uh Uh-oh. There's a little bit of flirting. And David's acting happier now. There's flirting. He's always at her desk. So Claire comes back from her month-long hiatus and you know she's not in the office all the time right she's got her own business mm-hmm. she checks in now and then but she does call david and he starts ignoring her calls and he tells the staff when she calls just tell her i'm busy or he'd leave her on hold and then she'd hang up i'm like rude uh-uh. 
How Mm -hmm. rude. That is your wife. If you're not happy with her, then be like, girl, bye. I'm busy. We can talk when I get home. Whatever. I'm done. Right? Occasionally, David would take the staff to lunch. You know what I mean? Like most bosses do Mm -hmm. with small companies. Even my boss will take us to lunch or have lunch for us on on Fridays. So when they would have lunch, Gail would like dart out to David's car to ride with him. Of course. And he has a Lincoln Navigator. Yes, he does. So did other people ride with him or just her? Just her. Huh. And she'd be the first one. Because whoever has the biggest car is usually who carries everybody to lunch. Well, she'd get in the front with him. Oh. So months go on and Gail starts telling some of the employees that they're having an affair. Well, they probably already knew that. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I guess she just confirmed to them. But she's just brazen that she Mm -hmm. doesn't give a shit. And so at this point, she's never really been faced with Claire. Claire. Besides the phone, besides the phone calls, right? And I'm sure she probably because she probably in. takes the phone calls herself as she's the receptionist. Yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure she probably she may come in every now and then, or maybe drop off lunch or something. But she must, Clara must not be there enough to make Gail feel bad for her. Yeah, actions. that's what I'm saying. I think Claire, Clara, is it Claire or Clara? Clara, Clara Harris. I think Clara being away so much allows mm-hmm. Gail to be so brazen, like she doesn't give a shit, or maybe she just really doesn't give a shit. And Gail tells the employees, oh, yeah, we're having an affair. He loves me. He takes me to the mall. He We check into hotels because I'm a ho. Ho, ho. Okay. Reach up in the sky for the ho zone layer. <laughs> Gail starts telling, you know, the employees about their, their employees about the, about the affair. Previously, there was a receptionist that worked there that the other employees were concerned that maybe David was having an affair with. But. So this is a pattern. This is a pattern. But. Gail said, oh, yeah, he had thought about having an affair with her, but it didn't actually go that far because Clara was pregnant. And he said he couldn't cheat on his pregnant wife. But now that she's had two kids, not oh, so bad. Oh, so he's a cheater with so morals. He's got a little bit of class. <laughs> he's got a little bit of a conscience. My wife's pregnant. I can't cheat. But if she's not pregnant, I can cheat. Clear game. Nine months out of every couple of years. But how do you know he's not freaking lying? He could have had an affair with that other oh, reception. Yeah. She's not there to... Tell her side of the story. So it sounds like bullshit to me. And Gail said, I don't feel like a hoe or a slut because we have first class food and dining. Oh, because that is what he does, makes... He doesn't they take don't me to drive throughs <laughs> They don't eat at McDonald's. He takes me to five-star restaurants and five-star hotels. So this is a classy affair. So, okay. Okay, I guess. I mean, if you want to rank your affairs, you're a hoe. Yeah. You Home are having sex home. with someone else's husband. husband. Yep. He's not going to leave his wife for you. It's not going to happen. Or and he would have already done it. And what he'll do for you, he'll do to you. That's right. So there's a woman by the name of Diana Cheryl. And she worked as human relations for David and Clara's corporation. Okay. So she would visit both clinics and, you know, make sure paperwork was done. Mm-hmm. You know, all the new staff, all of that. So she decides one day she's going to go check on the space center location. And when she walks in, David and Gail are extremely close together at Gail's desk. And she's like, eh, eh, I don't like this. No, I know you're right. I don't like this at all. Yeah. So she goes and she starts researching Gail's, right? And Gail's been there for six, seven months at this point. She starts looking back at her work history. You know, has she been written up? She's calling sick a lot. But what is her rap sheet? Mm-hmm. So she starts going through and she realizes that when she started, she was making about $1,800 a month okay. as a receptionist. And in the short time she's been there, She's now making $3,800 bi-weekly. So she's taking You're home... You're fucking kidding 5, me. 5,600... What is that? 56? No. 36. 
18 is that's seventy six hundred dollars oh, yeah, 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 a yes. month that she's taking home as a receptionist. Even eighteen hundred a month is really good for a receptionist, right? Uh maybe it's a little bit know. below average, I think. Okay. For a dental for a dental office. But seventy six hundred dollars? Wow. How do you go from was everybody else making no. money like that? No. So well, who pays, like, who, does he write the checks? Does yeah. he do the, oh, okay. Because if they had an accounting team at some point, you know, they would be like, what's going on? So at this point, the fair's kind of like out in the open, right? I mean, Gail Obviously. has no shame. Other employees would get so sick of seeing them flirt that there were cameras in the front uh, where the receptionist sat. And the dental hygienist sometimes would come to the front, you know, do their charting or whatever. And there were cameras, and they would check on patients, you know, if they were on nitrous oxide mm-hmm. or if they were waiting for, you know, a setting to be done. With. They would just watch them. They would turn the cameras off because they just couldn't. I, I think would I would be, be disgusted so disgusted. And they know Clara, right? And they know David, and they know the boys. And they, I mean, he didn't have a lot of staff turnover. So these people had been with they him for like a long family. time. Yes. So um, a couple of employees were like, it makes me physically ill. Yeah. Because they're just I bet so they were disgusting. mean to her too because she's I'd be so I mean, mean to her. It's 50-50. He's I'd just put as like guilty, but salt in her coffee and stuff. So Lindsay started working there. Uh-oh. Because we're we're it's the it's now we're into the summer of 2002. So Gail has been there for almost a year and into the school year. So Lindsay starts working and she's like, Oh, there's a whole bunch of bad shit going on in here. So her dad wasn't even trying to hide it even from her. No, I'm at that point I'm sure he like doesn't know how to hide it because it's been so normal for him. This is true. A year is a long time. Yeah. And at that point it's just your life now. Right. So on July 4th of 2002. So Clara's not suspicious at all. I mean, what she what is know. her But what is her home like? So he goes home and everything's fine? I mean, I guess, but if she's worried about her boys, you know, she works yeah. all day and But I just know as a woman when your husband comes home, you know if something's not right. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, but maybe she just, I don't know, maybe she yeah. wrapped up in her career. I don't know. So July 4th of 2002, David, Clara, and Lindsay, and the boys decide to go to the Caribbean, go on a trip. Okay. So they go on a trip, but nothing changed when they got back. Everything was So how did Gail handle that, that her man went off with his wife on a trip? Girl, she's a hoe. I so bet. she probably went crazy. She was probably there, just at a different resort. <laughs> <laughs> or she went and got herself another man while he was gone. Yeah. To She's take a backup man. Five star She's classy. got a classy man and a non-classy man. She's got a, she had a McDonald's class and Roach class. <laughs> <laughs> While they were gone, the employees decided, you know what? When he comes back, we're going to tell him, look, either you end this shit or mm-hmm. we're all quitting. Intervention time. We cannot continue this anymore. No, I wouldn't be able to. I you wouldn't. Know? I would probably quit. Yeah. So when he got back, the employees all confronted him and said, look, either you stop seeing her or we're out or you fire her. We, we can't keep doing this. So Diana Cheryl, because mm-hmm. the employees contacted her. So she was the HR person that Correct. worked for the corporation. She calls Clara. Uh-oh. And she's like, I hate to tell you about your bad luck, but some bad shit's going on. Something's wrong. got a wrong. bimbo in I, the system. I didn't really want to believe it, but I. why don't you meet up with me? I want to tell you in person. So they meet up. They get their hair done. And Clara gets home that night about 10 o'clock. And she sits down with David and she's like, look. Talk to me, Goose. Do you love me? And he's like, mm, uh-uh. Let me just think for a second. What an asshole. And so she's like, Bye. oh my God, get the hell out. My my marriage is over, right? Like, he doesn't love me. So they go to bed. So he doesn't say yes or no. He just, he, just, he, he paused. 
And she was like, well, he's pausing then. So she walks away. That's a no. I'll take that as a no. And they go to bed separately. You sleep your ass on the couch. The next morning, David went and woke up Clara and said, you know, you're right. I was having an affair. But I just kissed her on the hand. Are you kidding? (laughs) I don't know why you're getting so upset. That's not an affair. I mean, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. But the thing is, is that if you kissed her on the hand. I just kissed her on the hand for a year. I have a big old hand. Did you start at the tip of the fingernail and work your way up? Is that a code for something else? Is that a code for something? It's a hand now? (laughs) Yeah, right? Hopefully in that finger, that's weird. Oh my God. So. Surely she didn't buy that bullshit. So she asked him again, do you love me? And he said, I don't know. Kick his ass right in the nuts. So she was upset as of course. course. So she's crying and she left the room. But what I don't like is then she goes and gets his daughter, Lindsay. Mm -mm. So she brings the daughter in and she's like, your dad's having an affair with the receptionist. Well, Lindsay already knew. Right. And she said, yeah, I already know. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Did I not tell you? Claire goes to find her husband and she slaps him across the face. Don't blame her. And Lindsay followed behind and totally had Claire's back. She's like, dad, you know what? What you're doing is wrong. You two have to work it out. You mm-hmm. have sons. You have a business. And David and how says, old is Lindsay? 16. Okay. And David said Clara shows him no attention. All she cares about is herself and her job and those boys and shows him nothing. And I'm like, you know what? You guys Sound need to like understand something. Bastard. Yeah, like when you two decided to bring a child into the world, you chose to put that child before you and her. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. And if that's not okay with you, then you either shouldn't have had children or you should be divorced and put them before you whenever Mm -hmm. you have them and then put yourself before them when you don't have them. Clara called her clinic and she said, you know what? Cancel all my appointments for the next two weeks. Give it to my on-call doctor. She got in her car. She took her stepdaughter with her and they went to David's clinic. Oh, shit. What's the date? This is, uh, I don't have a date. It's after they get back from the trip. Okay. On July 4th. Are they on their way to the hotel with the tennis court? They're on their way to the clinic. Okay. So Clara pulls in, slams the door so hard that the clock fell off the wall. <laughs> and she told Gail, you, clean out your desk. You're fired. Come in the office with me. They hear her. She fires her. She tells her, you got to go. Clean out your shit. Get, get the hell out. So Clara starts to blame herself. She's like, you know. That's what we do. That is what we do. It doesn't. How do, well, I wasn't pretty <clears throat> enough, or I wasn't this, or I wasn't that. Or what I didn't is. I have the best boobs, or I didn't have the best butt, or I had, my thighs were too big, or my double chin, or I don't have enough Botox, whatever the case is. So she starts blaming herself, and she's let her appearance kind of be neglected. Which, I mean, you're a full-time mom, you work, you have two kids, and then you also have this stepdaughter that wants to pursue mm-hmm. a career in what you're doing. I mean, that's a lot, you know, and I can understand having a hard time, but that's when it's the a husband lot. should what speak if, up and say, hey, we're neglecting ourselves. Let's, you and I and do so what if she together. puts on some weight or whatever, whatever let herself go means? If he doesn't like it, then he... He can go somewhere else. I mean, or, like, yeah. get your shit and physically go. Don't stay with me and then yeah. kiss her hand. Oh. <laughs> like, get For your an shit and go. Year. And then you can do whatever you want and I don't care. Such a lame bullshit. Oh, men. Damn it. So when she gets home, David's like, okay. Actually, I love you men, so. We love the men. Why so can't I quit them? She goes home and she's like, listen, I need to know what happened. And he's like, you know, honey. I'm just, 
I'm really infatuated with her prominent breasts. Oh They're my just god! So perfect. Those puppies. <laughs> he just couldn't wait to get his hands They're on those puppies. They're so prominent. Oh my god! Well, in like, so he's just obsessed with her tits. Basically, it, it doesn't matter. She's just a walking pair of boobs to him, basically. So she's like, okay, no problem. I'm gonna go call a plastic surgeon, and no then I'll way. just I'll just get breast implants, and I'll start working out. I'll lose weight. And um, I'll give it my dental practice, and I'll just give you all my attention. And I'm like, uh-uh. what the fuck? So men, men, listen, listen, good. No. Do you see what y'all do to us when y'all some bitches when y'all cheat on us, or when y'all do this? You have affairs, or you like other women. We automatically are going to change ourselves to fit that description because that's what you want. Yeah, we're not going to blame you, even though we should, you pieces of shit. We're going to go, we what, did it wrong, or we don't have bleach blonde hair, or we don't have prominent, prominent puppies. puppies that bark when you walk in the room or whatever. I don't know. So, calm down. Right? Calm so, down. she she starts looking up, finding a plastic surgeon. She's going to join a gym. She's going to get a nutritionist. And they're going to work on their marriage. So they're going to figure out what went wrong. So Wait, David... He agrees that they're going yeah, to work on it? Or yeah, she? They agree. Okay, they agree. So David said, you know what, Clara? You're overweight. You're bossy. You talk too much. You're controlling. And you're addicted to your career. I'm like, motherfucker. He has a business, too. I birthed two of your children at yeah. the same time. And he I has a business. job. Please tell me. I wonder how much he helps with the twin boys. I mean, they have to still have a nanny. I wonder so, if he reads some stories or changes their shitty diaper or helped her potty train them or... The worst hasn't even happened yet. Oh, okay? my God. So they're sitting across from each other, right? <clears throat> this is coming from the book, The uh, Driven to Kill. Driven to Kill. By Mercedes. Cliff Leindecker. Okay? They start talking about the attributes and negatives of his wife and his mistress. And Claire's like, Did they on. make a pros and cons list? Yes. You're fucking kidding me. No. I'm like, done no. with this damn story. No. I'm out. I'm leaving. No, you can't. You can't I'm leave. done. This is some bullshit. No, no, you okay. can't leave. Actually, can't leave. I, I can't leave. You're right. You can't leave. Oh, my God. Sit your ass down. Pros and cons. No. No. The worst part is Claire's like, oh, you have good points. Hold on. Let me get a napkin. So she starts writing them down. Okay? So General Clara, right? This is the list of... General Clara is yeah. what the list said? One one side is General Claire, which is you know his wife, and these are the things that 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 he says. Okay, I would kick his ass. So I would stab far. him in the neck with the fucking pin yes. that I was writing with. Yes, I'd be like, I'm gonna write this down right in your neck. Right, mm-hmm. podcast number two. You're loud. You do smile more now that you have kids, but you're gonna have big boobs in a few days. But you're fat. You have pretty feet and hands, and you have pretty eyes. But you're a large person. You're too big. You have good values. But not fantastic values. He's having an affair. And you spend too much money. Okay. Now let's let's look at Gail's. Okay. General Gail. She's, she's a cheater. She's, she's a hoe. She's a hoe. Her hair. Oh. No. I guess I gotta stop. She's a good conversationalist. And I'm thinking, are you telling me? She can form sentences. Um, y'all talk? That would be really hard for her. I'm sure her mouth's Give pretty it occupied. To me, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It doesn't she count. She smiles a lot. She's got big boobs. She's not fat. She has a perfect body. Feet and hands are not very pretty, but she's got nice hair. She's got perfect nose. Good values. Manages a tight budget. Um, she Is makes like eight something? grand a month. 
Well, anybody can budget if you make $3,800 every two weeks. A petite, perfect body to sleep with at night. So that's the list that they, they, uh-huh. they compiled. Okay. Run, Clara. Run. Run fast. And he said, you know, you really need to get this appointment for the boobs because I can't wait to come home to you just sitting, waiting on me with your new boobs. This is not like, a Playboy magazine life. So we don't just sit around and wait for you to get home. We have shit to do. Okay. <laughs> and don't you men... Answer me this. Don't you want a little bit of challenge, even yeah. from a wife or girlfriend? I mean, I understand. There like, might don't be you want to, like, you... like, don't you want to, like, work for it a little bit? Like, you want us to just be like a blow-up doll? Like, here I am, waiting for you again. Ready, master. Ready. <laughs> Bend over K. <laughs> Lay down K. Lay flat. Okay. You know, like, don't you want... <laughs> Whatever. So, Claire quits her asshole. practice. And she stays home every day. And when David comes home... Did she get her boob job? She has, she's made the appointment, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay. So David would arrive, arrive home. They'd have dinner, and they had sex three times a night. She spent $1,200 on a fitness membership, including a daily trainer. She bleached her hair. She started tanning. Mm-mm. And she started having a very hoish wardrobe. She pretty much bought everything at Victoria's Secrets. Underwear, lingerie, thongs, any kind of panties that the least bit would be perfect for him. She put $5,000 down uh, for the breast augmentation and tummy tuck. So David asked Clara if he could have just one more meeting with Gail. Like, not a sexual one. I just want to apologize to her. She's yeah, lost bring her, her ass right here and you can we can talk all together. Why do you need to apologize to her? Well, she her. needs to fucking apologize to us for ru- uh, allowing you, allowing you, to ruin this marriage. Because when you went after her, if she was any kind of woman, she would have come to me and said, your husband tried to get me to sleep yeah. with him. Yeah, you have a wedding ring. But instead, <laughs> instead, <laughs> she had sex with you multiple times for an almost entire year. In front of everybody. So what is there? What do you need to apologize to her for? There is nothing to apologize to her for. He doesn't want to apologize. He wants to have sex one more time. He wants to kiss her hand. <laughs> so he said, I just want to apologize to her and have closure. And she's like, okay, honey, I, I totally get it. Clara, you can just idiots. you can just be friends, motherfucker. You don't. What do you need to be friends with her for? What does she bring to the table for you besides a vagina, a hand, and a mouth? That's all she brought to you. That's it. Oh no, she had good values and a perfect nose. And so, she's a conversationalist and she just keeps a tight budget. So David says, "Okay, Gail, July twenty fourth is the day. Uh oh, we're gonna have a closure that meeting. Day sounds familiar. On the twenty fourth, a closure meeting. Yes, and you don't need to be involved. I, I I'll do it." So Clara's like, all right, well, I'm going to go hire a private investigator to follow his ass to make sure that it does end, right? So she goes to Blue Moon PI. (laughs) That's the name of the place. And she hires a PI to watch her husband to ensure that he's going to stay faithful. And she told him, I want you to start following him on the 23rd because Mm -hmm. I want to be sure that it's nothing... Like, she, he doesn't see her first or another woman first. Yeah, you know. and when you get there, act like this. We're going to pretend like we're breaking up, but we're still going to see each other. Right. So, Clara decides she's going to be her own little investigator. So, she does some digging of her own, and she finds out that Gail had a lesbian affair. She's like, oh my god, I've read all this stuff, and I'm obsessed that the idea that Gail's trying to win David over to steal money to give to her girlfriend so they could run away. She doesn't need to steal anything. She's making a buttload of money. Yeah. And do you think she would have waited a year? No. 
As soon as that money started coming in, she'd have been gone. Mm -hmm. And no one's seen her friend Julie. They've only seen Gail. She's been living here by herself, and she doesn't even have her kids. So, wow, you know? So, Blue Moon P.I. made it very, very clear to Clara. We're going to be following him, but you can't show up. You can't call us. You can't be any part of this. You have to stay away during the investigation. Because something goes south, or if we see something, we can't have you calling saying, mm-hmm. hey, where are y'all at? What'd y'all see? Or, yeah, he's or at a hotel. Yeah, so you gotta keep your distance. We'll give you a report when the PI is finished, but until then, you don't you keep ever your watch Cheaters, Claire? Claire <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah, right. PI leaves and sets out to follow David. And instead of going to Perry's Steakhouse, which is where he was supposed to go, he went to the Nassau Bay Hilton Inn. Uh oh. Hotel. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the restaurant area of the hotel. And David and Gail are sitting at a table. The PI sees them sit, and they're sitting, and they're eating. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, some commotion, and Gail gets up, and she walks out. And David runs after her. I guess he told her it was over. <sighs> Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he gets, she gets almost to her car, and he's talking to her, and they're talking. And then, of course, the PI doesn't know what's going on. And they both turn and went back into the hotel. Okay. And they go back, and I they finish. You, baby. I'm sorry. Okay, you know, I was just playing with you. <laughs> It's not really over. So they go back in. They finish their dinner. They go sit at the bar, have a couple drinks. Then they walk over to the hotel counter. And David says, "Um, can I have a nice room and I'm going to pay cash? Mr. and Miss Smith? Uh, Yeah, he signs a fake name. Of course he does. So Clara was at home pacing. You know, she just couldn't take it anymore. So she gets all dressed up and she asks Lindsay, do you want to join me? I'm going to go find your dad at Perry Steakhouse because I just have to know what's going on. And so they leave together, Clara and Lindsay leave, and they go to Perry Steakhouse. Surprise! No, David. No, David. So they drive to other restaurants. No sign. She drives to Gail's house. No sign. Hmm. They drive to both dental offices. No sign. So by 8 o'clock, she calls the PI, and she's like, I know you told me not to call, but what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And they told her he's being trailed at a hotel, but they didn't give the name. Well, she didn't need to know. She knew Clara exactly. Clara knew it. She called the nanny. Hear the boy creature of habit. And she said, Go pack David's suitcase, put all his shit in there for at least a week or two, and put it on the doorstep. And she drove to Nassau Bay Hilton Hotel. So she pulls into the parking lot and she sees the black Lincoln Navigator parked in the front of the hotel. So she gets out and she proceeds to key Gail's car <laughs> all the way down. Good for her. She smashes her taillights. She broke the tailgate hitch. What? She kicked Those things in. are made of steel. She kicked in the grill. She ripped off the windshield wipers, <laughs> and then she drove her Mercedes to a nearby parking spot and parked the car. So Clara and Lindsay proceed to go inside the hotel, Uh-oh. and they go to the front desk, and they're like, oh, you know, is there a David um, Harris here? Is there a Gail Bridges here? Is there a Gail Harris here? You know, they go through all these names. Nothing. Clara and Lindsay both start calling David, saying, the boys are sick. Please come home. You know, we need you to come home. And David's like, oh, well, I'm at Papa Do's. <laughs> Which is Lying really good. Shit. And which the restaurant they hadn't checked. So she's just like, maybe they were there. Maybe maybe they came here and then left there. Maybe that's what's going but on. But both of their cars are there. Well, they only saw Gail's at this point. Oh. They didn't I thought his... you said they she saw his Lincoln Navigator no, parked at the hotel. Gail and him have the same car. Oh. Same black Lincoln I'm with Navigator. you. Okay. Yeah. They have matching cars. Yeah. Of course they do. Oh, my God. 
He said, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll be on my way soon. So Claire and Lindsay are standing outside the elevator doors. And um, here he comes. Him and Gail proceed to step out of the oh. elevator. And Clara yells, you bitch, he's my husband, and decked her right in the face. She punched her? That's that so, Colombian anger I was looking for. Gail falls, and Clara just wails Oh my on her. god, my tits. So then, <laughs> no, please, not the boobs. Don't hit the puppies. It's all Save the puppies. <laughs> Come to fortune. So Lindsay runs over to her dad yelling, I hate you. How could yeah, you do this, this to our family? What is wrong with you? So the desk clerk runs out from behind the desk. <laughs> To help Gail as Claire is like just punching her and punching her. And the clerk didn't even seem to phase her because she continued punching her and then him. So Clara's punching Gail, all three of them. Yeah. Well, Gail and the clerk. Lindsay's punching her dad. So another employee calls the police and so a crowd, a crowd gathers and they just watch. Kick his ass. Like, See you, <laughs> They just watch her. Clara just, just wail yeah, on Gail. Pissed. Just completely... So David steps in and tries to separate Gail and Clara. David tossed Clara aside and then... She was tossed aside a long time ago. That's true. And as he did, uh, Clara kicked Gail. And um, <laughs> Gail was begging the hotel hotel clerk, please get me out of here, get me to my car. And so David yelled to Clara, goodbye, I'm leaving you. Sounds like you she's messed up. scrappy as shit, too. I'm done. And so Clara was upset. So her and Lindsay are running to the car. And so hotel employees are helping... David helped Gail to get to the car. Because she got her ass kicked. She then got (laughs) snatched up. So they're helping her out. And as David is helping Gail in the SUV, that's when the beginning scene happens. Where she gets in the... So it was just a fit of rage. Absolutely. Passionate I mean, can you imagine being in your car, right? And like, you changed your body. You're going to do plastic surgery to please this man. You are doing everything you can to sack... Fix your marriage and to salvage any last bit that you have. And then you allow him to have a meeting with her. Only for him to lie to you. Then for you to find out they were probably having sex upstairs. Mm -hmm. Then you beat her up. Then you see him help her to the car. And you're looking at it in your windshield. I mean, I get it. I I couldn't do it. But I I get it. Honestly, I wouldn't have believed him anyway. We we both know he wasn't going for closure. No. We knew he wanted to go have sex with her. Yeah, and probably just told her, can you go move here? I'll I'll send you money. You know, we just have to keep it on the the down low. So police and ambulance arrive, and they take David to St. John's Hospital. And he was pronounced um, dead shortly after arriving at the hospital. Uh, Clara was arrested and taken to the police department. And police tried to talk to her, but she was like a zombie. They couldn't get any information out of her. And she was fading in and out of consciousness. I mean, she would just pass out on the floor. and they She couldn't probably just couldn't believe what she had just done. So they sent her to the hospital for a checkup. And she did have a concussion. Because I'm sure with all, all I mean. The commotion and the, everything. Yeah. So Clara met with her lawyer, George Parnum. And he assisted her in getting a bond of $30,000. And went to a hearing that said while out on bond, she could not have any contact with Gail. Like she's got to stay far away. If she is going to not end up in jail for the rest of her life. So an autopsy of David was performed by Dr. Dwayne Wolf of Harris County. And he was in his report, he stated that adult humans have 210 bones in the body. Mm -hmm. David had more than half of them broken or fractured. Well, she didn't you say he got stuck under her car? At one point, yeah, underneath the wheel. So as she's backing up, he was dragged. Oh, my God. His back, jaw, collarbone, pelvis, and 16 ribs were compound fractures. So, you know, that's where yeah, the Yeah, it's sticking is, out of yeah. the skin. Or even not out of the skin. It can be out of the skin or it can just be completely out of place. 
and his lungs were punctured and blood vessels in his heart were right, torn. Right, from, from the ribs being broken. And... Right. So CSI processed her Mercedes to find hair and blood under the car. Mm. And his body showed tire tracks embedded in his body. He wasn't just dragged. She did literally roll, run over him with her car. Mm-hmm. David was laid to rest on Saturday, July 27th. And Clara did not attend. She stayed home per her lawyer's request. Yeah. Clearly she couldn't keep her emotions in check. Absolutely. So the prosecution led by ADA Mia Magnus, she requested for Clara's bond to be revoked due to Gail saying that Clara came to her home only 24 hours after the incident. But she didn't have any proof. So Clara's lawyer, Mr. Parnum, met with ADA Monday morning and stated there is absolutely no way that she could have been at Gail's because... She was with me Friday evening. Now, maybe he was lying to protect her. I could see that she probably would go over there. Mm -hmm. So Lindsay's mother uh, filed a motion to have the estate that was left to Lindsay frozen because she did not want David's money to pay for Clara to defend herself for killing him. And I, I agree I don't, with that. I, mean, I, I don't I, think it should be either. I give her mad props because, because I don't Clara even know has her would. own money from her own practice. Absolutely. So use your own money. Don't use my daughter's money to... Defend your actions. Against her dad. Against right? like, killing. Yeah. Exactly. So. No. I, I think um, that's a good idea. And then also requesting a restraining order because Clara put her daughter in that situation. You know, I mean, she asked her, will you go with me? And then she proceeded to do this. She could have been like, I'm about to make a bad mistake. Lindsay, you stay in this hotel. Yeah. I'm about to go. There is no way that Clara didn't know that the, she could potentially be going into this situation. Mm-hmm. So that was a really bad move on her part to take her stepdaughter with her her 16 year old stepdaughter right so that was a bad bad parenting move right there agreed regardless of whether or not she had premeditated plans to kill him going in that situation you never know like Mm -hmm. gail could have killed her like you don't know what you're going into it's an adult situation that a 16 year old didn't need to be a part of then she ultimately saw her dad get killed which has got to be super traumatic for her Lindsay's mom also filed a motion to have a restraining order against her. She didn't want Mm -hmm. Clara to have any contact with Lindsay, which that was also approved. So Clara was the sole beneficiary of three life insurance policies on David, totaling $6 million. And she didn't even do it for the money. No. But the second was was David's business partner, Robert Blanchard, who after meeting with the lawyer and banks, there's almost $4 million in debt. Oh, what? Because of the new business ventures. Oh, okay. Every, all the machinery yeah. they bought and that all makes that sense. is all so the investment. New. So that's going to have to go there first before mm-hmm. he gets his portion. So Parnum was working on a strategy to help Clara. So Clara contacted the private investigator. And she's Blue like... Blue Moon again? Yes, excuse me, Blue Moon. I'd like a partial refund. Yeah, because you were supposed to watch him for three days and I only got one day. She asked for a refund? Uh-huh. A that partial. bitch is crazy. I'd like a partial refund, please. Did they just hang up on her? They I said, uh, we told you not to arrive. Yeah. We but told you not you to did. call and not to show up. And you did both. And, it negates, and then you ran over your husband. Yeah. And it negates any refunds because in the contract, it states that if you do something like this, you may have additional costs due to having us be part of a court case. And now our PI... Has to go to the courthouse, has to fill out paperwork, has to go and be in, interrogated and all that stuff. And, and, every and probably bit, has to be called on the witness stand, Well, and too. all of the evidence, the because there was a video, there was recordings, there was pictures, all that stuff has to be now given to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're not getting paid to do all that. That's just something we have to do by law. Mm-hmm. So Clara's like, well, I want all the documents. And I want the video. And okay. I want pictures. Well, here you go. And they're like, we don't have access to that. The court has them. 
the police has them. It's evidence. And she's like, wait a second. You have a video of me running him over? How bad is it? Oh, my God. Like, How bad is it? Like, like you ran over your husband, you crazy bitch. Like, 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 does it look bad? And they're like, we cannot disclose that. We didn't watch it. We handed over our evidence and we we bounced. So, so I don't know. she was so pissed that she didn't even remember what she did. All of a sudden, now she's worried about what she looks like in the eye of the public. Yeah. And the judge. <laughs> was it bad? <laughs> so Wednesday, October 9th, which is what August September. Three months later, they indict her for the murder. David Parnum uh, sends in a not guilty plea by crime of passion and remarks that she made to her stepdaughter one hour prior was, I could kill him and get away with it because of what he's done to me. She said that to her stepdaughter? Yeah. So there was a little bit of premeditation then. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So January of 2003, the trial starts. The prosecution starts with an opening statement that Clara turned her $70,000 vehicle into a 4,000-pound murder weapon. Mm-hmm. And evidence That's a good opening line. will show she intentionally and knowingly hit him and didn't stop. And she back did it that again shit up. And again. Back that shit up. Just like Juvenile said, back it up. Back. Girl, you looks good once you back that bins up. <laughs> <laughs> she did it again and again. And the defense shows her as this hurt wife that snapped when seeing them come off the elevator and how she begged for forgiveness, sitting next to his dying body. Uh, the, one of the witnesses, Evangelist Smorose. He worked at the hotel as a food and beverage director, and he heard David yell as he was ran over, and mm. that he heard her burn rubber and run him over four or five times. But more witnesses from the ho- hotel came up stating very similar, but not very credible, but they all basically said three to five times, but not... Well, but it's on video. Is it not? Um, a little bit of it. You, can, It's not... I mean, they're sitting in a car, so they have this... They don't have a down level to see they're him. Looking, they they're... just see... The car driving in circles. Is it online? Back and forth. Can you I see the video? So, yes. Okay. Paul Garrett Clark. <laughs> I'm going to look at it after this. <laughs> Paul Garrett Clark was the clerk that recounted his side where he saw everything happen. And then as he was walking them out, he said he, he said David flew 25 to 30 feet and that Clara was cackling with every hit. <laughs> I'm like, what? She is really crazy. Yeah. Like her emotions are not in check. She can't control them whatsoever. Think about it. If he's standing outside the front of the hotel and she hits him. No, she's, he's, he's walking. So, okay. Audience. I thought you said the navigator was parked in the front of the hotel. It's in the front of the hotel, right? Like you're checking in. So are you by the door? Like a, you know how there's the drive-thru, right? Yeah. And then just right on the other side of that. There's a parking lot. Okay. And it's like a strip of like six parking spots. Yes. Okay, yeah. That faces the hotel. That faces, and it's covered. That is where this navigator was parked. Okay. So they're leaving the hotel, and they're walking towards the navigator. So she's parked, and she sees them. Okay. So she takes off, and as he's helping her in the car, he she comes up behind him and nails him. So it did, so he she did hits, fly 25 feet? That's what they're saying. And so Robert Williams, who came to David's side with his wife to help her try and do CPR, said Clara yelled at him, now you see now you see what I can do? And the defense explained to Robert the statement's powerful as he's sure he heard this because this is the first time anyone's heard it. So his initial testimony didn't even have that in there. So now they're like, are you even credible yeah. at this point? And his uh, wife, who's the one that tried to do CPR and get the teeth out of his mouth, she said he had labored breathing. And his breathing was very wet and very, you know, crackly. 
And she described how she held his hand and how she talked to Lindsay. And Lindsay said, you know, my stepmom did this. Uh, Mr. Williams asked to go back up and explain why he hadn't mentioned what she supposedly said before. Mm-hmm. And he said when he was interviewed by ADA Magnus, she didn't say she was the ADA. She just said she was an investigator. So they pulled the report and clearly it says ADA Magnus. Of course. Usually they're really good about Yeah. They have to, And it doesn't they? matter who you're talking to. You should tell the truth. Exactly. And um, he had been drinking that night and admitted that it was all very foggy. So his statement was thrown out. So Friday night, they showed the videotape made by the PI. And it was grainy and it didn't show much. And I think I did well, watch it. Well, this is in the 90s. Yeah. So it's and not it's like, like it's Because it's quality. the same level of a car, you can just see her car moving. But you don't see him. Oh, okay. Because it's... It's they're blocked in the, by other they're stuff. They're like in the back of the parking lot watching her. And she's like way up in the front. So it's... You okay. see her car and you can hear it, but you you don't not, see yeah. any yeah you don't really want to see that anyway. And ADA Magnus was showing the video and it was like all grainy. She's like, "There, that's where he's flying." And they're like, "How do you know that?" Yeah, if it's, it's a '90s videotape. And she's like, "Oh, and that 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 just moved that, that that's his leg." And they're like, mm, "I don't think so." So she was pulling at straws, really trying. Mm-hmm. So as they're playing the video, like Clara loses it. She is like. Oh my God, I cannot believe that that's me. And she's like rocking and she's crying and she's sobbing. And so the judge is like, we're going to do a recess. You need to get your mm-hmm. client to calm down. So the weekend goes by. They, they finish. So Monday, they go back. They start again and they show photos of his injuries. Mm. The pools of blood on the concrete. How the car was. Detective Julio Cesar spoke about the bloody finger and palm prints found on the side of the Mercedes. Oh, like he was trying to grab it? Yeah. Oh, that makes me And um, a palm print on the hood. Shit. Either whenever he, whenever she first hit him Maybe. or after hitting him and any blood that was on yeah. him after that. So then the mm. ME, David Wolf took the stand and spoke about um, the fractured ribs and how his bones had splintered and just like annihilated his organs. And during the testimony, Clara's like wailing. She's like beside herself. This chick herself. cannot... Keep her emotions. No, and I don't think she realized the extent of what she did. Well, she was worried about the video. Mm-hmm. Is it bad? <laughs> Judge Davies told her attorney, you need to gain control of her. Yeah, this is right? like the third time at like, this point, right? So she continues to wail out. So he says, you know, I'm sorry, Judge. If she's she's going to cry, she's just going to cry. That's just what's going to happen. No, the judge and is going like, to kick her ass like, out. No, I'm going to give you all 15 minutes. Get yep. it together. She's going. Mm-hmm. So they come back. Dr. David Wolf is up there again talking about the skeletal and internal injuries. And Claire is just sobbing and sobbing. So the judge is so irritated with her. And he's like, <laughs> you know what? If I can hear her sobbing, so can the jury. That's bad. So if she can't stay quiet, I will remove her. So Claire's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stay. I'll try and oppose myself. I'm sorry. This is the first time of hearing what happened to my husband. And it kind of clicked when I read that. Because I was like, you know, when you think about like a serial killer or even just someone that completely annihilate someone and mm-hmm. watches them die they have no remorse when they see it because they know what it looks like yep didn't know what she did to him but I mean, she, she walked over and saw him she did not i guess it's still different like she didn't physically make those injuries she used a vehicle to do the injuries but not know like if you stab someone you feel it going Wait, in she them. knew it was going to kill him she hit well, him yeah. her car but what i'm several saying several times what i'm saying is like if you punch someone or you stab someone or you shoot someone you watch the injury happen and you're like oh i just shot them in the stomach and there's a hole in their stomach all his injuries were internal 
So she hit him and he's on the ground. Right, but that other lady said "Mm." his ear was about to fall off, his jaw was broken, his teeth were going over, there was blood everywhere. Maybe because she, like most killers know, like, oh yeah, I already saw that, I already saw that. I'm, I'm, but for her, it wasn't that way. It was really hard for her. Maybe she blacked out in that moment. I think she was just so pissed off that maybe she just didn't, it just didn't register, like you said. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Wolf goes back to testimony showing how he, by his findings, it looks like he was only actually ran over twice. And the injuries were consistent with vehicular damage. But due to the four wheels and him trying to move away and the twisting and turning of his body is what made it look like he was ran over more. So ADA Magnus was like, mm, I think he was dragged here with the video again. Oh, he's dragged here and he's hit more times here. And he's like, if it's in my report, that was my finding. I can't make your situation fit my findings. Oh, snap. Like, is this the salty person? Yeah, he's definitely the salty one. Because he's like, I these are my findings. I'm the Emmy. And I do not, it's not consistent for me. Because if he had been run over four to five times, he would have been way more. He mangled. probably not wouldn't have survived. No, and long he, enough he to... even said that where his injuries were on the collarbone, that if he got hit another time, he could have lost his head. So there's not. Mm. He just didn't feel like it was possible that he was hit that many times or dragged that many times. And he considers a full rollover, all four tires going over once, and all four tires going over twice. So if you want to think per wheel. I mean, yeah. he got ran over eight times. So she ran over with the front two wheels of her car. Well, Not... all four, all four tires twice. So over once and then over again is how much he feels. But in that process, he's twisting and he's turning. Then those injuries are consistent. So then uh, Lindsay takes the stand and she goes through her testimony and she te- you know tells him what happened and how she said that Clara told her I can kill him and get away with it for what he's done to me. But Lindsay's mm-hmm. like, mm, she's just talking crazy. Yeah. So she's not going to do it. And she said as soon as they got in the car after the confrontation, mm-hmm. Clara said, I'm going to hit him with my car. She had gone into that rage at that point. Well, she was already enraged mm-hmm. whenever she saw them and started beating the living shit out of Gail, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So she said, um, my dad was so scared and he tried to get away and there's oh nothing I could God. do. And she said, I knew that I knew she was killing my dad and there's nothing I could do. And she said, once the car finally stopped, Clara said, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? It was an accident. And Lindsay said, there's no accident when you back up and do it again. She said, I became so angry and it wasn't an accident. She knew exactly what she did and she wasn't sorry. So Clara starts wailing again. Oh shit. She's about (laughs) to, that judge is about to kick her ass. So Judge Davies is like, send the jury out, send Mm -hmm. them all out. So the judge looks at Clara and gives her an ultimatum. And she said, either you sit there and stay calm or you leave. Do you understand? This is the last time I'm going to tell you. She's like, yes, I understand. The jury returned. And the next witness uh, was an accident specialist. And he stated that his name was Steve Irwin. Not Steve Irwin. It <laughs> was. The crocodile hunter. <laughs> He's, as He's he, dead. Well, not this time. It was in the 90s. Oh, that's true. Uh, so he said, by when I tried to recreate everything... Based on the video and the damage I saw on the car, I think the car was going 15 to 20 miles an hour when it clipped the rear of the SUV as before it impacted David Harris. She slammed into the car in the process of hitting the cars when she hit David. David's body was hurled from the hood when the Mercedes bumped over a curb surrounding a grassy median. The body landed 64 feet from the point of impact. And he said human bodies do not bounce. You cannot give it the speed of a car. Oh, it, it absorbs <laughs> it the absorbs impact it. of the car. And it is uses not. That. Yeah. It's, um, he said he had an array of exhibits and videos to recreate it. 
and showed that there's no way she hit him more than once or twice um, between being thrown and then backing up again. And then she was doing circles, but his body couldn't have been in that spot that she was doing circles. No, because he flew when she hit him. So ADA Magnus is like, is it possible when you're saying she was circling that like his arm could have fallen and been run over? And he's like, I guess, but his arm would have been a way more mangled. She's like, is it possible that he could have rolled underneath the car? And they're like, look, like again. There are a thousand possibilities. No one has video of exactly what happened. But based on the injuries and based on the evidence of the car, this is what I think happened. Everything is speculation based on evidence. Next were some witnesses. No, the evidence is going to tell you what happened. Right. So it's not speculation. Not speculation. The evidence will tell you the story. Right. So if the the evidence doesn't line up with her with her version of what she thinks happened, then that's just too fucking bad. So next they had some employees come up from the dental office, talk about Gail, how much they hated her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, ADA Magnus kept saying that, did you guys side with Clara or did you side with Gail? And they're like, what does it matter? Our side was the patient side. Yeah. We didn't, we it weren't there. It was a business. Yeah, we weren't there to... Be on yeah. the side. Like it wasn't we a reality just, show. Yeah. So then um, Gail took the stand. Oh, I'm surprised the judge even let her get up there. She recounted how she met David and that she didn't try and hide the affair because David had an open marriage. That's what he told her. I'm pretty sure Clara didn't think that. But and, Well, you know what? Maybe that's why she was so brazen maybe. about what she thought, you know, how she was open and said we're having an affair. And Gail had filed a lawsuit against Clara for severance pay. And overtime and PTO, which was in the works because Gail said she was told by David that she wasn't actually fired and he was still giving her checks. Even though she didn't work She there. was still getting paid? Yes. Of course she was. Why, why would I even be surprised by that? So the defense attorney asked about the cat fight and Gail said... I got my ass kicked. <laughs> I lost. She said, knowing now what I know, I understand why she did it. Like, I totally get that. I didn't realize it wasn't an open marriage. I didn't realize that... That's why I was so upset when he was ending it because I thought, oh, why maybe she... okay. There's so, some that but, seems yeah. that lines up. That's what he told her in the hotel when she mm-hmm. started crying. Is that they don't? But then she still went to the room with him. So whatever, right? So, so then Clara takes the stand and she you know recounts everything and then she starts making fun of Gail. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and then I fired her and she did this and she did that and so then the jury starts laughing. <laughs> So they get like onto the jury. They're like, y'all, you have to but squash it's that. Funny. But it's already been heard. Like, what do, you, what do you say? Sounds like they like her. So she recounted the night when she saw David walking Gail to her car and holding her because of her injuries from the fight. She's like, I'm going to ram him with my car. And she said, as I got closer, I closed my eyes. And after the loud thud, which she thought was the car door, she opened them and she didn't see David. All she that saw was the car. Because if he's under so the car. So she said, I backed up. And I went forward again to hit the SUV again. So she thought she was just hitting the car. I, I think I believe that, which is why she was so shocked when she saw the pictures. And So then David's parents took the stand, and they went over, you know, how David and Clara met and they all of that. They were a perfect couple. And they had closings. June and yeah. Ward Cleaver. So they have, um, they do closing arguments, and Magnus ends, the ADA Magnus ends with, David's affair was immoral and wrong, but the solution for his wife was to get divorced. She should do like every woman in Harris County and take his ass to the cleaners. Get his house, get his car, get his kids, make him wish he was dead, but you don't get to kill him. I agree with that. And I was like, I totally agree with that. You got to hit him where it hurts, Mm -hmm. not kill him. So a jury of nine women 
and dreaming. Oh, that was not good for her at all. I bet you the people that were laughing were the women. Probably. <laughs> they had to choose between um, four possibilities. One was murder in the first degree, felony, five to 99 years, and up to $10,000 fine, life sentence with parole in 30 years. Sudden passion, which is two to 20 years with fine up to 10000 Manslaughter, second degree felony, two to 20 years, fine up to 10000 Or criminally ne- negligent homicide, 180 days to two years and fine up to $10,000. What do you think she should get? Let's see. Well, I think she should get the first one. She should get up to 99 years because that shit cannot keep her emotions in check. Agreed. I mean, if, she, if they give her the least amount, she gets out of jail in six months or whatever, or two years, whatever mm-hmm. the minimum is. And say she gets in another relationship and he pisses her off, there's no guarantee that she's not... Her emotions, she cannot control them. Mm-hmm. So she can't even say whether or not she will or will not do it again. That's true. So I, I think she should get the max. I kept leaning on... When I look at what happened, it's a crime of passion. I agree. Um, but but I think she should get the maximum sentence for sudden passion. Because that was the like maximum sudden passion. Like I think she should what's get... What's the max for... 20 years. Okay, and she's, that how would, old is she? She's in her 40s, so that would put her okay. in her late 60s. So okay. I'm like, give her sudden passion. Let her be a grandma to her grandkids. Yep. Let her live a little bit of life later. Mm-hmm. It was a bad decision. She shouldn't have done it. But at the but same time... But did she get any kind of charges for taking Lindsay with her? Because she was a minor. That's bullshit. No. They should have been endangering a minor. Yeah. The jurors deliberated seven hours and found her guilty of murder in the first degree. That's the first one. That's what I thought. That's... If I were on the jury, that's what I would choose because she was so emotional. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't think when she got in her car that she had the intention of killing him. And I do believe that when she was in the car and hitting the SUV, I don't think she thought, I don't think she realized she hit David. Mm-hmm. Which is even scarier. It is. So the fact is she could have hit a kid too. Or she could have hit or Gail anybody. and him and yeah. killed them both. Or if Lindsay got out, she could hit Lindsay. So yeah. I just think she she is a... Ticking time bomb, and if something else pisses her off later on, who knows what she would do. And they, she used her car as a deadly weapon, mm-hmm. which meant she had to serve at least half of her sentence before becoming eligible for parole. So the sentencing phase started, and Lindsay spoke. And she talked about how she fell into a really bad depression. I'm sure. And she That's got to fuck your brain up to see your dad get run yeah. over like that. And, and she, not being able to do anything about it. She took drugs. She tried to slit her wrists. And mm. that she had lost so many people in her life because her paternal grandparents had no issues with Clara. They blamed David. So her own, her grandparents were on Clara's side, which Even enraged though, her. Yeah, that would make me that mad was too. Their son, you know. So Lin- Lindsay accused her grandparents of getting financial were incentives. They, were they really, really religious? And they were old. So she felt like, well, Clara bought them. Yeah. So after six hours of deliberation on. February the 14th. Yes! I told you that <laughs> shit was due from the beginning. Um, they decided on sudden passion. So they changed it. And gave max sentence of 20 years with probation eligible in 2013. With a fine of $10,000. And if she gets out, her twins will be 14 and then she'll be 55. And under the settlement of a state, Lindsay will receive $1.75 million and each twin brother will receive the same. And she got out last year. She's out? Oh yeah, because... Did it say what she's doing, where she's at? She's fully gray-headed, and, I mean, she's got money. I mean, all that money that she made, all her mm-hmm. portion, I mean, that's just been sitting. Wow. 
That's it. That's the home wrecking story. I can't. That is. I so can't. what about Gail? Does did it say what she? She probably changed her name and ran away. I mean, I mean, if if she was being honest about thinking they had an open marriage and finding out later, then she was probably really embarrassed about. But if you work there and other women are like, they hate you, and you'd yeah. be like, what? It's an open marriage. It's how, and they're like, no, it's not. You can't. Well, especially when he told her that he. Here's the thing. If it's an open marriage, is it really an affair? I don't think you call it an affair if it's an open marriage. No. And he called it an affair so, to his wife. So that's some bullshit. So yeah. she's, she's lying. I just talked myself right out of that one. <laughs> Plus, he said that he didn't sleep with the other receptionist because his wife was pregnant. If you have an open marriage, people don't you don't give a shit. I couldn't have that kind of marriage. I, I know I couldn't. I am I a one-man woman, right? Yeah. Like. Me too. If I'm with you, then I'm with you. I don't want anybody else, and I don't want you to be with anyone else. Mm-mm. If I'm not enough, or if you're not happy enough with what's going on here, and Get you feel the need to go somewhere else, then this isn't for you. Yeah. And I sure ain't getting a boob job, tummy tuck, and bleaching Hell my hair no. for you. Poor thing. Boy, bye. Good story, sister. Good thank job. You, thank you, thank you, Good thank job. you. Good job. So, that's a wrap, people. Um, thank you for listening. Rest in peace, David even though you're kind of a piece of shit for cheating on your wife. So don't run over men with your car. Just take all their shit. And women, if the guy cheats, send him packing. Do your hair toss and check your nails. That's right. Walk out the door. That's right. You deserve better. Don't run over them. Don't get surgery. Don't bleach your hair. You're beautiful just the way you are. And if he doesn't see it, he's the wrong man. That's right. Kick his ass to the curb. All right. Is that it? That is it. Until next week. We love you guys. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.